Welcome to Spider-Verse Minute, the tri-weekly podcast where we watch Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, one minute at a time. I'm Caroline Slater. And I'm her brother, Sean. This is Minute 2. It starts with the Columbia Pictures Presents and ends with some Spider-Man products being mentioned. For those keeping up, I have nicknamed this minute Peter Parker Intro, Part 1. Yeah, I, I really like this this uh, minute. It's a really interesting way to um, introduce a character. This has some of my favorite jokes in it and some of my favorite references in the whole movie uh, yeah. in this minute. Uh, first off, I love how they acknowledge how many times Spider-Man has just been done, not just in the comics, specifically the Spider-Man origin with the line, okay, let's do this one more time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which I think is just great. It's like, yes, we know it's been done a hundred thousand times in movies and comics and TV shows and da 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 So I love that. I wrote specifically that I love the comic style credits. Yeah, the the way they they come in is like pow. Here's this you know, Columbia it's, Pictures presents, and then in association with Marvel. It's also super satisfying to hear uh, that first logo pop up with that music. Which okay, I have to say this too. This might be some of my favorite background music in any superhero movie. This this whole sequence right here, I love this music. Yeah, it's. I agree. the The soundtrack for this has been on par, both with the, the like Well, I guess it's all original music, but with the yeah. original, the just the score of the movie, as well as the, um, the like pop, lyrical music that was lyrical. done with with modern artists. So many artists, uh, yeah. and we'll talk a little bit about it in the next minute. But just to name a few, uh, Nicki Minaj is in some, Jaden Smith, Post Malone. Um, who else? <laughs> a bunch of artists. Those were just the, the quick uh, names that popped into my head. But they got some... Yeah, they really... This whole soundtrack kind of always gives me a bit of a... This might be weird. A bit of a Star Wars feel. In the sense that it is so epic with its music. Yeah, okay. I was going to say, I have no idea where yeah. you're going with this. Yeah. But, <laughs> like, but I just agree. It's, that, it's got a very epic yeah. feel. Very, even a lot of the, again, a lot of the more lyrical music still has a very epic feel to it, or very emotional feel. Very similar to how uh, Star Wars in particular, but really uh, John Williams in general, with his compositions, just... I, I love this music. <laughs> Uh, Chris Pine voices the Spider-Man, correct? Uh, uh, real quick. Um, yeah, I just wanted to, to touch on the, the composers. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yes, please. Daniel Pembot. Pem- <laughs> Sorry. The composers, Daniel... <laughs> Third time's the charm. <laughs> <laughs> the composers, Daniel Pemberton. Daniel Pemberton. And um, he... Small claps to him. Yes, very quiet because i don't want to blow out the mic but (laughs) um he's i just want to touch on some of the other things that he's done the scores for before please um just to touch on a couple that you know i'm familiar with and enjoyed the man from uncle um he did the i wanted to see that movie uh, that's a really good movie really Um, really yeah it's it's funny i want to Um, watch it so bad 
the I'm upset I missed it in theaters. Um, Steve Jobs, which, with which I haven't seen. Um, is is that, that the one the, with um, Ashton Kutcher? It was the 2015 one. I think that's the one with Ashton Kutcher. No. Or was no, it a this documentary? This is with uh, Michael Fassbender. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think the Ashton Kutcher one was just Jobs. Maybe. Like that. Maybe. Um, see also. 2015. Yeah, it's it's the it's called mm-hmm. Jobs, which was the one with Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, and then there's um, Steve Jobs. You're right. Yeah. Um, the other movies he's filmed, I guess I could just, yeah. The other movies uh, he scored that I enjoyed was Ocean's Eight. Um, and then he he did that one in 2018 along with this movie. The man knows how to make a good score. This yeah. this really this is a really uh to talk a little bit to go back with the score before I go back to the whole Chris Pine thing. What I particularly love about this is that it starts with a very brassy's not the right word, but a very almost like modern bah. Is the best way to describe the noise. It's, yeah, it's got a, like a bassy. Um, yeah, very bassy, very not techno, but um, modified yeah. sound to it, which makes it very modern. But underneath it, throughout this whole montage sequence, you hear a lot of the classic superhero instruments: the trumpets, the violins, um, which I think is awesome. Yeah, and it's mixed in with a very like R and B rappy, um, like rap, the the style of music done in in those genres, which you yeah know, heavily influences the music done in the movie. Yeah, and it it also just feels so appropriate too, since again the movie focuses on Miles, and that's the kind of music he listens to. Like that's hit that's that sort of his stuff. Yeah, that's uh, and also in he's from Brooklyn, and that's also the kind of music that surrounds Brooklyn. Having been there a few times, it is very much an R and B. That's also where a lot of R and B artists started, I believe, or a lot of the iconic ones like Brooklyn, Bronx, all that area. Yeah, New York is you know a big area for for R and B and rap. Yeah, so it makes total sense, and it just helps weave in all of the music from again like the score and the lyrics because they all have that similar style it's not like this sudden this is classical superhero music and then here's a pop song which some movies very struggle with yeah uh specifically animated movies yeah because you want those fun pop songs the pop music doesn't fit with the rest of the score whereas this one it flows almost beautifully with it Sometimes I'm like, was this written by an artist? Is this supposed to have lyrics and then they just took it out or what? And it's that that's a sign of a great score and album in general. Yeah. Um, and uh, I want to just touch on the the logos real quick and then we can get into mm-hmm. the, Let's do um, that. the uh, Peter's story. So uh, the three uh, people presenting this are not people companies <laughs> presenting this are columbia pictures in association with marvel and avi um arid lord miller pascal pictures production so the columbia pictures you know they also produced it they've done other stuff um the other two i want to or the, the really the third one is the one that i want to touch on the most um 
Pascal is that, pictures. Well, no, the the no. third screen. So Aviar, Lord Miller. Oh, Aviar. And Pascal bad. pictures. <laughs> no, that's fine. So yeah. I, I don't think I'm pronouncing his name right. Avi Arad. Um, he was. So he's an Israeli-born um, uh, executive. Um, he was born in Israel in 1948, um, and he was the chief creative officer for Marvel Entertainment in the early 2000s, and he was the CEO and founder of Marvel Studios in 2006. So that was the um, when Marvel decided, hey, we want to make our own movies, Um he was the guy that like led that project. Um, and oh, he was the so he's the reason we have the MCU, pretty much. Pretty much, he was he was the you know spearheaded that uh, movement in the beginning, and oh. then he left um, in the early give that man uh, a twenty tens. He's the reason we have the MCU. He deserves a cookie. <laughs> yeah, um, but no, in all seriousness, that's that's really cool. And so he he started his own production company um that is just like his name as well um that's awesome but uh do you know what else they've helped produce or the production company like his his new one um yeah he he was heavily involved or he was pretty involved with the marvel comics bankruptcy um Mm -hmm. in the in 96 and he kind of came through and uh he was the co-owner of uh toy biz which had some licensing deals with marvel comics um and so he kind of came out on top of that and, and then went on um oh yeah so um Arad productions is his production company um and they've done some other films such as um the 2007 film brats <laughs> never heard of it like the <laughs> toy um yes based off of the the toys the toy where that was either it freaked you or mom out that um their feet came off yeah that probably freaked mom out yeah mom yeah that's right it freaked mom out you you commented it on a lot which i was always like they were just weird because i loved my brats yeah they were weird i still have like their proportions um they're they're strange proportions i'll give you that they did the Oh yeah, they they helped produce the 2017 adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. Um, mm. They they um, helped adapt. Sorry, I'm... Um, did that ever come out? Oh yeah, it did. Okay. Um, they they helped adapt uh, Fable Haven and Maximum Ride, and they're currently in adaptation. Uh, they're currently helping working on adaptions of the Uncharted, Uncharted game, Infamous game, and Metal Gear Solid games into uh, adapting those into movies. Um, and there's been a bunch of other movies that he's been a mm-hmm. either executive producer on or producer on. Um, mm-hmm from since uh 1993 um between tvs and movies um he he was helped he was the executive producer on um the x-men um the spider-man one from 2002 um x2 spider-man 2 like he's been involved with pretty much all of um the 
um, Marvel's movies up through um, The Incredible Hulk. And then um, he had stepped down from the executive producer or the he, he had stepped down from um, working as part of Marvel Studios around the time uh, soon after Incredible Hulk came out. Um, and then he's kind of focused on the Marvel products wise. He's still, um, a producer on the Spider-Man movies. Um, so, cause he's working with Sony now. Yeah. Well, makes sense. Yeah. And then, um, Lord Miller productions is, uh, or yeah, Lord Miller, the producers are Phil Lord and Christopher Miller. They, um, worked on they worked together mostly um and both were born in 75 and i believe went to school together um and they directed cloudy with a champ and some meatballs one uh oh i love that movie yeah 21 and 22 jump street and they did the first lego movie um and then they love that movie (laughs) yes and then they were producers for the second Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Um, That's actually a pretty good sequel. Yeah, and then the Seems Lego Batman movie and the Lego Movie 2. And they were originally slated to work on the solo A Star Wars story, but then as directors, but then they got fired and Ron Howard replaced them. Um, mm. And then Lord was a... Uh, Phil Lord was a... Mil- <laughs> Phil Lord was a writer <laughs> on this movie. And and co-producer and and Miller just helped produced it. Okay. And uh, Pascal Productions we had touched on yesterday yeah, or we... on Monday. Monday. <laughs> little little confused there, Sean. I mean, I forgot it wasn't yesterday. <laughs> it all blends together. It's fine. It's fine. On last time. Uh, well, last time, previously. Uh, how about we get started talking a little bit more about the minute now yeah. that we covered well, the I mean, production stuff. I mean, it has, but <laughs> I mean a little bit more about like what's in the minute instead of. <laughs> I mean, that is covered um, <laughs> on Peter's introduction. Yes. So we covered the comic style credits. We talked about the music, which honestly could be a whole episode on its own. Um, and then I brought up, but then we went back to the music. Was uh, Chris Pine voices the Spider Man, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. This is um, Chris Pine of Star Trek, the Star Trek reboot, and Wonder Woman fame. And Wonder Woman. Uh, I remember, first off, great choice to do uh, a quick Spider Man cameo. I, I don't know why. I love the idea of him playing like an older Spider Man. Even yeah. though the Spider Man isn't exactly older, I just I love the idea of him being Spider Man. I think um, he's he in his has that thirties, I believe. It'll I come up. How... It comes up in a later minute. We get a more exact age. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But he's in his twenties, I think. In this. Um. I mean, it'll come up in a later minute. We'll get a more exact yeah. age. Yeah. Uh. But I just I love the idea of Chris Pine playing Spider Man. I think he has that quirkiness and that um goofiness but like it would be an older spider-man if they ever did it live action so and i remember seeing online someone pointed out it's like marvel has chris hemsworth marvel has chris pratt 
Marvel has oh who plays Captain America? Chris Chris Evans. Chris Evans? And now they have Chris Pine. You really think they weren't gonna get another Chris they're gonna summon all the Chris's and start a battle and I'm like this is the funniest thing I've ever seen, but It'll it's also true. Marvel now has all of the Chris's, and they already have all of the Toms, so <laughs> <laughs> it's genius. Um, but it's it's a very short sequence, but I think he just kills the sequence voice acting-wise. Yeah, he his voice is always, it's deeper than what I would, what I would expect a Peter Parker's voice to be, but it it does make a little bit of sense. Uh, That's why I think it, he like, makes threw a nice me off at first, yeah. Yeah. It makes a nice older Spider-Man. So I don't know. I think it shows if in like uh for Spider-Man uh PS4 when that game came out. That's sort of like maybe a little older than that Peter/Spider-Man. That's sort of the age I expect Chris Pine to play. I think his voice fits that very well. Yeah. I The the first thing I noticed was mm-hmm. that this Peter's blonde. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and it's a very quick flash of his face. Did you yeah. notice that? We get, in like we, this whole we sequence, a, we a younger only sh- see his face like once. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we get a younger shot of him with Uncle Ben talking to him, um, mm-hmm. where you, oh, know, yeah. you can clearly see that he's blonde in that in that shot. Um, but this is very reminiscent of the um, Peter's clone from the oh. Clone Saga in the '90s, whose name is Ben Riley, um, <laughs> and uh, he had blonde hair instead of the typical, you know, brown typical hair that brown. Peter's I wonder if that was done on purpose, with. like as Probably. a specific they, reference they, to that, or they, if they're just like, "No, nah, let's just make him blonde and then we'll make a joke about it later." They did um, uh, mention that this uh, Peter Parker and Spider Man are supposed to be sort of an amalgamation of the the ones that we know. Um, he's sort of, you know, mm-hmm. all the cool parts of the different Spider well, people smashed makes together. Makes sense. Makes sense since supposed to be of all of the Spider-Man to bring this up since we talked about it in a previous episode be a Spider-Man 3 jab <laughs> yeah, the, and the dancing this scene. happened the <laughs> dance scene uh, made me laugh so hard I find it funnier that he's in the actual Spider-Man suit doing the the dance yeah did you find it uh, funnier well, in the actual suit i, I find like that I, I think what what made it even better is i went back and checked that scene and it uh-huh. is a like it's the same exact music it's the same exact you know moves yeah. that he's doing um down like you know they they matched the scene perfectly um and I yeah think they that, really like, did just do it like, kind of almost shot second. for shot <laughs> we've been here before yeah that's why i loved it so much it's like they really did just that perfectly which I think makes it so much better. And then the fact that it's like, we don't talk about this <laughs> just makes me laugh every time I see it. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of my personal favorite jokes. We haven't gotten to my favorite joke in the whole movie, but we will. And I'm excited to get to that one. The, they pull a couple of the different like heroics he does from um, from the, the the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, such as the, yeah. the train that he catches, is this um, pulled the from 
um, oh yeah, the, the the train sequence is pulled from Spider-Man Two in two thousand and four. Mm-hmm. The upside down kiss um, is done in the original. In, in Which the I found very funny that they had um, MJ they and had Peter MJ upside reversed. down. Yeah, the, the, yeah, I, I found that very amusing. <laughs> um, the dancing thing. The the one thing that I, I'm not sure if it was supposed to be a um, direct pull from it, but when he's holding the buses on the um, the that made me think bridge. of homecoming. Yeah, it reminded me of the fairy scene where he was trying to hold the fairies yeah. together because there's that very there's a very similar shot um, where Peter's you know got his arms stretched out or yeah yeah Peter's got his arms stretched yeah. out like that and does a very similar thing trying to hold two things together from falling apart. Yeah. That was interesting. It almost felt like, because in one of the first Spider-Man movies, didn't he catch, like, a bus off of, like, the bridge and was, like, holding on and helping, like, like having a kid? Yeah, I, I, I forget which one that was, but there is um, a scene where he, he does something, but with just a single bus. Yeah, so I wonder if it was, like, a combination of the homecoming scene and that. It's like, here's two, because why not? Um, for the the dance scene, real quick. Yeah. Uh, for the dance scene, um, that was actually the Phil Lord pushed back against that joke. Um, he he mentioned really during the um, during the uh commentary track, he mentions how like at first he wasn't sure about that joke. He wasn't really oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, like he was won over, and and they referred to it as a warm up laugh to like let the audience know, like to warm them up. And let them know, like, hey, it's going to be this kind of movie. It's going to be a humorous movie. Um, I do, okay I do remember them talking. I do remember them talking about that in the uh, in the commentary. Yeah, I, it's it's definitely in like my top ten of the favorite jokes. Um, maybe top five because there there are some great jokes yeah. in this movie. Um, there are some really good ones. The other um heroic that i i forgot to mention um the other heroic is um when peter and mj are sitting at the diner and the car comes flying through yeah and he turns around and punches it yeah it's really similar to the spider-man 2 um scene where doc hawk throws an suv at spider-man but in this Mm -hmm. one he's actually able to punch it back whereas in spider-man 2 he just dodges out of the way um, yeah <laughs> it's like i'm gonna punch it back this time yeah okay um i just have two more notes on the comic that he introduces in the beginning and then the spider-man products um so um yeah we'll we'll get to that um okay and um the the one thing the that we kind of forgot to mention was um, the way the this introdu- this story is framed is that it's a true life tales of Spider-Man um, comic book. And we're flipping through pages of like different feats that Spider-Man has done. I thought so. I was kind of glancing at it a few times and I'm like, this looks like it's like they didn't just throw things in there. It looks like it's like an actual comic they put together. Yeah. It's from the, um, the um the comic the story arc revenge of the sinister six from um it was published in the first half of 1992 and um in 
one of the issues he it, it's the he fights Doctor Octopus in throughout the the story arc, um, and so it was really interesting. Um, if you if you look at it, you can actually it it's issue nine of the Tales of Spider Man. So it took them. Um, <laughs> eight issues before this <laughs> to finally get around to be like, wait, who is this person? <laughs> <laughs> like, this, we'll just accept this. And they're like, eight issues later, like, how did it become like this? And then... Okay, we'll explain that now. <laughs> the really interesting thing, if you look at the um, the price of the comic, it's $1.75. Mm-hmm. And Marvel Comics in the mid-90s did cost $1.75. Um, so it fits in like line with the interior of the, the comic. I don't know if that was just a happy accident or if they, you know, actually did that on purpose. Um, but, and March falls within the time frame of when that Revenge of the Sinister Sticks story arc happened. So, um, they very well could have, you know, been like, Hey, this is when this comic, you know, th- this is a legitimate release for this comic in our universe. <laughs> Um, that's I wouldn't be surprised if they did that on purpose like the details in this movie are insane yeah um but the the cover is a a made-up cover that was um drawn by by uh somebody else I do enjoy the cover it's a very nice cover well you're finding the artist since we talked about like details uh one detail that it's not really detail but it's a nice like flash there's a few flashes in this um that i thoroughly enjoyed but one of them is that we see uh 42 twice in this intro yeah can we actually come back to that because i i have some notes on that too but um i found the artist as well we can come back to that so um as the comics spinning out i just wanted to verify um as the comics rotating out you see in the bottom right hand corner uh and a signature that says m vignali um, mm-hmm. who is the actual artist that did that cover. He, he worked on the movie. Um, his name's uh, Marcello, Marcello uh, Vignali, and he did the, the design for all of the fictional comics uh, in the movie. So, like, anytime it's not a real um, comic book bit, he did that cover or the, the interior design. You'll, there'll be a point um, later in the movie when Miles is looking at a... Um, a comic and he he does the layout for that because they're like well oh. we can't just stick any old thing in there because it's got to line up with the movie um what's going on in the movie with, yeah um so yeah we'll have to That's we'll have to look clever. at that and um look at some of the other covers in the, the yeah I'm, I'm excited to talk about the covers because like i said earlier it's it's a running theme in this movie to have the comics sort of be like their background abridged and it's probably one of my favorite themes in the movie. Yeah. Uh, there's a few flashes that I have that I do want to talk about. We'll come back to the 42, but this kind of ties in with it a bit. At, I guess it would be a minute seven at this point. You mean second seven? Yeah, second seven. There's a flash of the spider that bites Miles, and... Uh, the collider behind it. Yeah. She won't go too much of that, but I just thought that was a really cool thing, like quick flash. So the thing I wanted to talk about first is so. Uh, first off, first first time we see Spider-Man in this whole movie 
is him looking is actually a reflection of him in the mirror and he's just staring squarely at him in the mirror mask on and everything during that like real sequence at around five seconds there's one maybe two frames where there's a flash where his face is shadowed and the background that was originally like clean is um graffitied did you notice that yeah i I, well i noticed it flashed i didn't i i didn't didn't catch the graffiti at first but now yeah I'm i actually like it, yeah. went in i'm like hold on let me go through this slowly because there's something flashed there and i want to see what it flashed and it's a shadow on the face and then graffiti in the background it's, it's almost like he flashes into like a subway bathroom yeah but subways don't have bathrooms so it, it was very interesting to like but I wanted to talk about it. Like, what you thought of that? Because I didn't really know what to make of it. Besides, it was a cool flash. It, it but looks, it feels it looks very like, intentional. Um, the um, uh, it almost looks like it's supposed to be like glow in the dark graffiti, um, or it could be graffiti. <laughs> it could just be him, um, at two different times. Just like, oh, you know, he, you know, looks in the mirror a lot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) whenever he goes in the bathroom, he always goes in and looks in and he's like, sup? Uh, Uh, is that maybe it's foreshadowing a bit. They've already in, I won't go into too much foreshadowing. We can talk about it when we get to that actual minute, but okay. Like I said, this is Miles. We've already said like, this is Miles' origin story. Like Miles Morales is Spider-Man and they've already sort of established with just a few things like with the flash of spray paint and the logos and the, the tag on the um, Sony animations thing, they're already starting to tie Miles and graffiti together. So it almost a way kind of like it feels like they're trying to already kind of s- subtly tie miles and spider-man together yeah like hint hint like a little foreshadowing i just thought of that oh yeah and maybe because like his his suit's starting to turn yeah his suit has like there's a shadow it's like specifically on the face it's black miles has a black suit and there's another way to take it which i won't say until we get to that minute because it's a pretty big spoiler if people aren't familiar with miles's story um but i saw that and i'm like i I wanted to talk about it with you because watching it, I'm like, I wonder what that could be. And it just hit me now because I'm now looking at all of these parallels I have in my notes. It's also... Uh, that may be a bit foreshadowing and trying to tie graffiti and that together pretty early on. Yeah. It's also... I, I just noticed it's two different bathrooms. Um, it is two different bathrooms. I, I okay. Really, really, yeah. Because if you look behind... Um, if you look behind him in the graffiti bathroom there's a mirror back there and there isn't another okay. regular one i couldn't tell if it was actually two different bathrooms or not yeah um i don't know if it's oh yeah no it's yeah it's two different bathrooms okay but i thought that was it it, it seemed like a very intentional flash so i'm like what are they trying to say with this and like we're gonna say there's so many references and um like like with the spider-man with the spider and the collider like that shows up again later like all of these things like okay they're not only showing references but they're also hinting at things that are going to happen yeah so like and that doesn't feel like any sort of quick reference that feels like 
here's a quick flash of a foreshadow or something. But I thought that was really cool. Do you have anything else to say on that? No, and then, so then that cuts, that, that scene cuts into the spider hanging in front of the collider. Yes. At, yeah, that's at seven seconds. So the, the spider in front of the collider mm-hmm. is when the spider gets its, like, powers, kind of. Oh, I never even thought of that. Because we find that spider, like, close to the collider anyway, and it's hanging right in front of it. There's the, the earthquake that they talk mm-hmm. about happening. The, yeah. the first earthquake, so I bet you that's what it is. Okay, anyway, so, <clears throat> so the spider then appears in front of the collider, and it's got the, um, you see two things on it, 42 and Alchemex. Yes. Um, Alchemex. And then is, it's almost like another flash, or it's another quick thing, and then there's a flash of, like, the 42 on an almost like a bingo ball, right? Or that before that? That's the next scene. Okay, um, that's Yeah, the next that's scene. a full scene. So, yeah, the, the spider drops down. It's got that Alchemex written on it, which is the, you know, mega corporation. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say about Alchemex. <laughs> um, um, so the 42. No, 42. Yeah, so the 42 appears on it. Um, and then in the next scene, they're actually uh, lottery balls. I guess bingo balls. Lotter- that's what I was. Yeah. That I meant lottery um, balls. That's what I was thinking. And then I said bingo balls. Um, <laughs> I don't know so why. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what I thought. I just said the wrong word. Yeah. So the, the 32 <laughs> appears on the, the lottery balls. Um, and you'll, we'll, we'll see this number keep cropping up a lot in association with um, with Miles. Um, and the, the lottery balls is kind of specifically uh, it, there's two things you can kind of associate with it is the lottery of him getting like picked to be spider-man by the spider um if you want to think about it that much but also like mm-hmm. um he also you know won a lottery to get into the uh to get into the, to school. Get into the school that he goes to i didn't even make that connection there's a lot uh there's a lot of um this sort of you know association with like chance and mm-hmm. does he deserve it because it you know kind of things yeah on it or almost like this expectation put on him yeah because he got these things where uh t- to i talked previous in a previous episode about uh how a kid in, sp- in my speech class didn't feel represented until really till miles came around well in that same speech class uh someone who is a huge spider-man fan and a Spider-Verse fan, so much so that he got a Spider-Verse tattoo on his wrist. It says, whoop, which makes me really happy. <laughs> I'm like, that's the best tattoo ever. He did a speech on diversity in comics, and he talked about Miles. And one thing I thought that was a very interesting point he brought up is how, with Peter Parker, it talks about responsibility. But with Miles, a common theme, especially in Spider-Verse, is expectations. Like, you are put in these things. This is what is expected of you. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just wanted to bring that up. Because I, th- I thought it was something really interesting to, to think on. Isn't this... Okay. This is going back to 42. Mm-hmm. Isn't this... Doesn't this also take place in Universe 42? Or did I make that up? Um, think you might have made that up. Okay. I'm not sure. Um, I know in a later... Later on in the movie, we see different universe numbers appear i don't know if they mm-hmm. actually number this universe or not i mean we might as well call it earth 42 <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and i also 
always think of like what's the answer to the universe 42 yeah this one though um they they focus more on it being jackie robinson's number oh okay um, who's also 42 and um is also from brooklyn i believe Mm -hmm. um and so they were saying like oh it's it's actually like kind of more related to that than the oh you know answer to life the universe and everything else 42 to pull up the another jackie robinson parallel besides him being from brooklyn is that he's first african-american to play in the major league baseball uh in the modern era very similar to how miles was like really one of the first people of color uh to take over a like a, a already established character yeah he was the first um first one to take over a legacy character yeah so in many ways he is like a jackie robinson for marvel yeah type thing so that's actually brings up a, a different parallel of things you're like is it jackie robinson like first person of color and but first african-american and so that's also uh, another parallel with 42 whether they intended that or not um i think it's interesting to bring that up as well mm-hmm. so the the spider-man products um, yes, the Spider- okay. so, <laughs> Spider-Man that, products. <laughs> the last thing um, at the end of the minute is the the different things that Spider-Man has. I'm a comic. I'm a serial. Across. I had a, a TV Christmas show. album. Oh yeah, Christmas album. A TV, and a TV yeah, show. And then it goes to the TV show, but it cuts off right before that. Yeah, and so um, the the serial. If you look at the way the like box is formed, it it very much looks like a parody of Wheaties. And how they they would always put on you know famous people on the cover of of Wheaties and that was always a, a big deal. <laughs> and then the comic here is actually it's a real comic cover, but titled differently. So it's a it's another of the true life tales of Spider Man, whereas mm-hmm. the real comic is from Amazing Spider Man. Um, oh okay. But it is the 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 story is called Chaos is the Chameleon which was spider-man number 186 but you still see like it still has the you know chameleon located on the cover and it's it's got the same cover art there so it was an in-universe event that became you know fictionalized as part of the comic which and again someone's writing these comics in this universe about their actual friendly neighborhood spider-man yeah i really like that um marvel has kind of run with that theme even like in their regular comics is there are you know spider-man comics and fantastic four comics in universe i love that so much i do think my favorite products joke is the christmas album yeah that was that one's really funny that might be because you've played me the song from the christmas album that he like sings partially in the movie yeah uh and that, in its own right, is comedic genius. I also just love the idea of Spider-Man having a Christmas album. Correct. Really, this whole sequence is just funnier when you realize that he's always in the suit. Yeah. Like, he he's in the bathroom. Like, okay, so normal things. Obviously, fighting crime in the suit. But then he does the Spider-Man 3 dance in the suit, which makes it funnier. But then there's, like, goofier things, like... He goes on a date with MJ in the suit. (laughs) He is on the Christmas album. Again, makes sense. In the suit. But then to like, if he's going on a date with MJ in the suit, 
to like people not... she's like wait i thought you were dating peter parker why are you on a date with spider-man <laughs> like there's i would love to hear the cover-up they make for that. It's like oh we were on a business dinner or um peter and i are taking a break so i'm seeing yeah. spider-man it could also just be in universe that everyone knows that peter is spider-man i know at one no, point no they don't they don't because it's revealed later remember do they do they reveal it or do they just talk about it? No, they I believe they reveal it. Um like in the news cuz I remember oh, when yeah, they bring it they, up. They, yeah, yeah okay, like people sense. are shocked and like even MJ is like my husband like it's definitely implied that and even like Peter says himself at one point like, oh, that's not good when his mask is taken off. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. Okay. So it, it's still, I just, th- so in universe, he still seems to be in secret. Yeah, the reason I thought he might have uncovered was because in the ultimate storyline in the, or the ultimate universe in the comics. Did he pull an Iron um, Man? He, <laughs> during the Civil War storyline, he mm-hmm. unveils himself to like register as, um, to, to become like a registered superhero. Um, so I was wondering if they, they did something similar to that. You have to register as a superhero? It was a whole thing. Part of that storyline was <laughs> they wanted to register the superheroes because, or the people with powers because oh, okay. um, the some people with powers did some bad stuff. Okay. <laughs> that sounds funny. We're going to register you with powers. Like, it's like, uh, Okay. <laughs> It's like, I'd like to become a superhero. Okay, you gotta go register. Do you have your permit? (laughs) Or something very similar to that, where, like, you could get arrested if you were using your powers without being registered. That's hilarious. Um. To me. Uh. I just have, else in here, like, amazing references. I genuinely loved the references they made in here. Yeah. That, that's about all I have for this minute, notes-wise. Do you have anything else? No, that's, that's all I have as well. Okay. Let's leave this episode here. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And when's the next time we upload? Friday? Friday. Friday. We'll see, we'll see hear from you Friday. To Well, I guess you'll hear from us Friday for our next episode on Minute 3. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> see you later.